Hello, Masters. Welcome back to another special episode of Masters of the Matrix. I'm Greg M. In this episode, I have a very special guest, Katie Hess, who is a master flower alchemist. She is the founder of LotusWay.com and author of the life-changing book, Flower Evolution, Blooming into Your Full Potential with the Magic of Flowers. We talk about her path on becoming a flower alchemist and how it all works. We discuss Earth's current challenges, inspiration, and courage to be oneself, and a lot more. And let me tell you, the magic in her products sound incredible. Remember, everything has a vibrational signature. And as she says in this podcast, there is a flower for every ailment out there. Nature is here to serve, to guide us to our full potential. She has the gift of uncovering flowers' healing vibrations for whatever ailment we may have. And as you all know, I'm a big believer in nature's remedies, from crystals to minerals to flowers. With nature's pure loving intention of healing and the pure loving intention of Katie and her team, there is true magic and alchemy at hand here. I hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. Without further ado, here it is. I have a very special guest with me today. Um, Her name is Katie Hess. She is the founder of Lotus Way. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Mm-hmm. She is a, a master of flower alchemy. She is also the author of Flower Evolution, Blooming into Your Full Potential with the Magic of Flowers. She also has her own podcast called the Flower Lounge Podcast. And she has uh, very notable guests such as Carrie Ann Moss and, and Dr. Christine Northrop. And also on top of that, I mean, her, her signature flower, flower elixirs have been featured on Oprah Magazine, New York Times and LA Times. So there's something here. There's some magic here. And that's always what I'm after. So thank you, Katie, for being here with me. Oh my God, it's such a pleasure. Thank you, Greg. Awesome. Um, So for my listeners out there that are new to this concept, what is flower alchemy? Flower alchemy is, I mean, if you think about the old days, what alchemy means, right? It's like taking a, a metal and transforming it into something like gold and I think, um, you know, with everything going on in life, we, we have so many things that arise inside of us as human beings in our, in our lives and so many challenges. And so it's about using the chaos of everyday life as a means to transform ourselves and that being the means to transform the world. It's like transforming the world from the inside out with a little help from flowers. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm a big believer in alchemy. And I have a question about that later on, but that's music to my ears for sure. Um, so for me, I'm actually fairly new to this uh, concept. The only um, experience I've had is with um, Bach flower rem- remedies. Um, have you like have any inspiration from Dr. Bach or, or how, how, how did you come about your process there? So 20 some years ago, over 20 years ago, I was, I graduated college and uh, traveled around the world, lived in Europe for several years, lived in Mexico for several years, went through Asia. I was on uh, like a searching path, you know, really looking for what was I really here to do? Um, And how could I help people reach their full potential? And I ended up meeting an expert in flower remedies who was from Madrid, Spain. I met him in Mexico, actually. And 
he taught me two things that I, I carry forth in, in to today. And he also had Bach flower remedies. So yes, I was very inspired by Dr. Bach. But my teacher said, not only is every flower on the planet here in service to us and the planet, and every flower does something totally wildly unique, you know, like any neurotic human tendency we could think of, there's a flower for it. And then he also said that if we could get 3% of the world's population actively working with this type of remedy, it would create enough positive ripple effect that it would essentially transform the future of our planet. And I just thought, wow, you know, because we think we're so small and what impact could we possibly have? And then I realized that that kind of positivity is exponential and 3%, we could do 3%. Um, so yes, I did study in the very beginning. I worked with my teacher's flower essences. He had Bach essences and as well as some from all over the world. I worked with those for about seven years before I started going out into the wild and collecting my own flowers. Beautiful. So what are the differences then is I guess it's, it's going to be the actual flower themselves and, and the vibrational um, signatures of these unique and exotic flowers, I guess, compared to the standard ones. Uh, I mean, if you like this, besides like Bach, you mean? Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, I guess so like I'm like a modern day Bach, I guess you could say. Right you know, Bach was, he started out as an allopathic doctor. Mm-hmm. He got really frustrated with the limitations of allopathic medicine. Then he became a homeopath. Then he got frustrated with homeopathy. Then he just turned to his garden and he was the first guy to be able to figure out how to scale it. You know, before that point for thousands of years, all over the world, we see cultures, um, you know, whether it was the alchemists and doctors in Europe or the yogis in the Himalayas or the Aborigines in Australia or the shamans in Central America, everyone had their method of either instructing their patients to go into the wild and drink the dew drops or they would make these flower fresh flower infusions and dump them over your head um we see that virtually in every culture so Bach was the first guy to say okay i think there's a way to sort of extract the life force of a flower and be able to bottle it so that i'm not then dependent on every morning going out to drink the dew drops um so essentially we use the same method as edward bach Um, to collect the flower essence. And I see it like, you know, the earth is 4.5 billion years old. So there's just so much rich wisdom in this incredible paradise that we live in. And each flower for me is kind of like a a different flavor. It's like a little antenna of that wisdom. And so it's just essentially capturing something that we can't see. It's like flower Wi-Fi, you know, and some people may think, Wow, that sounds really crazy. But when you think of how does a cell phone work? You know, I mean, it's like mind blowing. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me videos, podcasts, poetry, music, photographs. We're sending that out in little packets to ride like a magic carpet on an invisible wave that can cross, you know, through walls in our bodies and you and I could call someone in Japan in two seconds. Like it's mind boggling. I don't think anybody asks themselves like how that actually works, you know? So, you know, for the skeptics and I love skeptical people, it's like, because it's good to ask questions and think critically, like more than ever today, we have to think critically. Um, So I appreciate that. 
But also like if we have it going on, Mother Nature must have had it going on a long time ago, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm a big believer in that too. Um, so much wisdom from, from Mother Earth to teach us. Um, truly. Uh, so my next question then is, you know, for someone like an average person that is maybe not spiritual, that maybe is, you know, on the path or they're having a busy day at work or they're trying to find their purpose, they're trying to find their way. Like how can your flower essences sort of help them on their growth or on their healing journey? Yeah, I mean, it's as simple as, you know, you know how you feel when you're walking through the forest or you just walk yeah. off into the wild. You're in British Columbia. My God, the first collection trip I ever did was in British Columbia. It was north oh. of Whistler. Oh, wow. I mean, I have crazy stories that I could tell you, Greg, about oh, right the animals in your neck of the woods. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we feel the difference when we're out in the wild and there's more to it than just oxygen. You know, I mean, even medical schools in Tokyo have studied the effects of forest bathing and how exponential it is. If you spend one day in the forest, your cortisol levels, your adrenaline goes down, your white blood cells go up. So your immune system is top, top of the line, right? And if you spend, so the, so if you spend one day in nature, those positive effects will last in your body for an entire week. And if you spend a whole weekend in nature, it lasts in your body for a month. I mean, the power of Mother Nature is just incredible. So, but then it's like, well, how do we do that, right? Because I'm just living the same life that everyone else is living. I'm under, you know, a roof. I'm indoors most of the time. I mean, I live in the desert, so oftentimes it's 115 degrees in the summer and we're not going outside, you know? So the trick is to bring nature in, and, and, and with flower remedies, it's so easy because it's, it's as simple as putting a few drops of, you know, flower remedy in your coffee, water, tea, and that's it. And that's literally it. If that's like, you know, it takes two seconds. And if you just do that, uh, even if you don't believe in it, you will feel a difference. And it just helps take the edge off of things, you know, like who doesn't want uh, just a little less irritation or like a little more peace or a little more feeling really plugged into who you are as a person and really trusting yourself above all else. Who doesn't want a little more fearlessness, you know, a little more boldness, wildness, abundance, prosperity, like we need all those things. And sometimes, you know, we have patterns. We have, my teacher used to say, we store up to six to eight generations back in our family lineage of messaging in our cells. So like, it's not even really our fault. You know, I mean, we might have a thought and we think it's ours, but it's actually our great grandfather who lived through the war and the, you know, um, so really it's a matter of um, working with these flower remedies to, to like turn up the volume on who are we really free of all this sort of messaging um, from our families or the collective consciousness or what's happening around us. Who are we really? Who are we really here to be? And who are we to grow into? And just to kind of like put the pedal to the metal, like let's accelerate that. When I worked with people one-on-one, I'll just say this last thing. Uh, I noticed that the normal amount of personal growth people would go through in about six months would be squished down into one to two months. So there's this like accelerating factor. And it's not in like a rushy pressure way. It's more like, 
what's available to us if we didn't feel static or stagnant or, you know, our lives are crazy. We've got, you know, all kinds of invisible waves moving through and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and we don't go to sleep at the right time and we got too much blue light and we don't eat at the right time. You know, there's so many elements that, you know, we're not living life like our ancestors. And so why not make life a little easier? <laughs> Something so simple. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. I deeply resonate with that. And, and for, for my listeners, I always try to get them to go out into nature. And yeah. just like you said, with everything going on with our busy lives, people living in the city, they can't always do that. They, and especially now, they can't even go to the park or, you know, or touch a tree or walk in, you know, bare feet on the grass. So I deeply resonate with what, you, what you're saying with, with your flower remedies that, you know, bring nature into you so that you can actually feel that vibrational frequency, whether you are a believer or not. And I do believe that because, you know, like you were just saying, like, it's one percent of what we see with our physical eyes. That's like that's the electromagnetic like vibration that we see. Most of it is un, you can't see. It's 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 you know in the, in the red spectrum. We need different tools to measure this. You can't feel gravity. You can't you can't measure. You really can't measure love, right? It's, but it's felt. So um, there's so much going on that we just have to be open to. That you know we are like basically I'm 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 a self-taught. Um, you know, energy healer. I had to go through my own massive personal healing. And so I deeply resonate with everything you're saying. And that's why I was so excited to have you because I'm a big believer in nature's wisdom. It's, it's taught me and it continues to teach me of who I am and, and who I need to be. And, and we're all instruments in this great symphony of life, you know, and you're an instrument and your instrument is inspiring others that are around you that are resonating in a similar way. And, you know, the higher frequencies help the lower frequencies. And I'm not saying that it's bad to be at these lower frequencies. Everything has a lesson to teach us, but it's, it's people that sing their truth with courage that allow others to see that that path can be walked on. Right. And so I, I do want to talk about inspiration in a little bit, but you know, you are someone that inspires me because of, you know, you know, your, your beautiful product of, of, you know, I'm, I'm actually really interested in myself in, in trying this because I, I, I'm one that I'm consider myself pretty well centered in my heart. I, I am, you know, I'm always in my body I'm anchored in my body at all times. So I'm always kind of connected to that. And I say to my listeners, um, you know, most of the time people don't even feel their bodies unless it's telling them it's been pain, right? So to, to start being connected to your body is a very healthy thing. And your body loves your attention. Your body will heal from your attention. So if you have a sore knee, you don't just have to run out and get an aspirin or a Tylenol. You can actually, um, you know, put your love and attention into your, into your knee and it's going to respond accordingly. That's, that's the beauty of us, you know. So I'm just, you know, I, I'm vibrating higher as we continue to speak here. Um, and I'm a big crystal guy. You know, you can see in this, I, I got crystals. I'm like fascinated with crystals. And to me, I liken flowers to crystals. It's nature's perfection. It's like, the magic, the balance of, you know, earth, air, water, um, sun, the perfect balance to create this perfection. Um, whereas flowers though, they're only, they have this very finite time to be alive. And how special is that? Like I get chills just talking about that. So do, do you think there's meaning there in, in that they're only there to, for this brief amount of time? What are your thoughts on that or feelings? 
Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in some ways, it's a great teacher of impermanence. Mm. Uh, you know, certain flowers, like here in the desert, there are certain varieties that grow one night a year. and Or sorry, that bloom for one night a year. Mm. I mean, think of all that energy like built up for a whole year and then ah, full moon in may like go for it mm-hmm. recently i've been co- really into agaves and collecting agave flowers and they will grow their whole lifetime bloom once and then die um so yeah it's this incredible teacher of i mean even something as simple as like lilacs you know a lot of people like lilacs around this time of year and they you know around mother's day and um, they're just here for a couple of weeks and then they're gone. It's like the fleeting beauty of life, right? We're here and then we're gone. And I think it's, it's a good teacher of, you know, things are always changing. And instead of that making us hard, it can make us soft and we can be more open to the change. And then, I mean, just looking at flowers, right? They're like, they just like are not worried about taking up space, whatever it is, you know, there's no like ugly flower. It's just like, there's so many different varieties and shapes and colors. And like, they're just out there being themselves, you know, there's no like, am I too big? Am I too funky? <laughs> you know, <It's> like, <laughs> I don't have any of those hangups. It's just like total purity. <laughs> Yeah, flowers don't care if they're seen or not. Yeah. And, and I think that's a part of the huge ma- the majesty in them. Yeah. But yet at the same time, humans are so naturally attracted to flowers. It's built into our culture to, right. you know, give flowers when someone is in grief or to celebrate. So it's, it's inherently in us to be attracted to flowers, whether we realize the depth of it or not. We speak the language of flowers. Everyone does. I mean, some people will ask me, well, how do you know, you know what the flowers do? And, how, and everybody speaks the language. I mean, when you're a kid, you know, you're, you're always in that exploration mode. And I'm sure you had like favorite plants or trees or flowers mm-hmm. that you, like, do you have a favorite from when you were a kid? I love sunflowers. Sunflowers. Do you have like a memory of them? Just, 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 I don't, I don't know. It's maybe a, an image I have, but you know, a field of sunflowers, just you know, facing the sun, like the joy that they're absorbing all this beautiful sunlight, you know, and you know, driving by fields of sunflowers, and, and the color yellow too, right? The beauty of the, the of, of the color of these flowers, you know, because there's also color therapy, you know, like so t- flowers are so powerful that they can also the color helps us. Yeah. If you could describe the sunflower in three words, how would you describe it? Mm, happy. Um, uh, loving. Mm-hmm. Uh, inspiring. Because typically when we ask people about uh, their favorite, either childhood or flower, it's, um, or right now, it's, it's uh, how you bring your greatest gifts into the world. So mm. happy, loving, inspiring. <laughs> does that resonate? <laughs> it does. Inspiration to me is um, one, of the, one of the purposes that I'm even on this path. And courage is the other. And that's something I want to talk about a little bit later. But um, we all need that now more than ever to 
inspire and, and help each other be courageous that we can do this. Isn't, you know, now more than ever, it's, it's, you know, pre pandemic, it was already very difficult, you know, trying to find your own path now with everything going on. Um, it's, it's extra difficult. And, and so, yeah, and, and I think inspiration and courage are one of the most important things that we need to share, not just keep that within ourselves, share it within our family, share it within our, our, our mediums, like, like this, for example, having the courage to speak your voice. I used to have massive anxiety you know, growing up. And, and like I said, you know, illnesses beyond that and, and massive food allergies, like crazy amount. And so I, I've had to learn about, you know, healing myself on a, you know, vibrational level with, with food and, and allergies and, you know, learning to eat organic and eventually going vegetarian and all that. Right. So it's a path, right. And, and you have to take it one later time. You can't just like expect to the end. It's about the journey and knowing that you're not alone is really helpful. And that's, that's what I remind my listeners is, you know, I'm with you all, every step of the way. And as, as you're with me, and as we share that, um, we are growing stronger because being together is, is, is true strength. Divide is weakness, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even in the cells of a flower, if you think about that, if, if, if they fought against each other, they thought that they were different or ugly, <laughs> it would be chaos. We wouldn't be. <laughs> Imagine that. Can you imagine, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I remind myself of too. When when I'm when I'm, I mean, that to me is like the deepest sense of spirituality for me is when I get the sense that the earth, you know, where my feet are walking is is alive. You know, it's not like we're on some rock flying through space. It is a living a living entity, a living organism. And, and, you know, oftentimes we're so busy and I get that me too. Um, but we don't realize that all the trees around us, all the flowers and the plants that they are always there and always wanting the best for us. You know, you, you might walk by a jasmine bush and like it brushes your arm and it cleans off all the stress out of your aura, you know, and then suddenly you just like feel so good and everything feels so great in life. But, but we maybe don't tie it to the fact that the plant just like took that all off. Um, And to think like all the botanicals that surround us are like rooting for us. They are here to help us. Um, It's like, you know, I know the feeling of being lonely. I was an only child. Um, But when you kind of tap into the fact that there's so much support around Again, it makes you feel like, oh, maybe you're not so alone in the world. <laughs> that's right. And that, that's a beautiful thing to say. Um, and for anybody out there listening, that's what I always try to remind, remind you is you're never alone. You're always there with someone, whether you see them or not, or whether it's uh, you know, a physical being or not. Nature is on your side. And, you know, between, you know, like us as, as humans, it's, it's the human mind that has become out of balance. If you were to take, for example, theoretically, humans off of the planet, and with everything going on right now on Mother Earth, with all the pollution and whatnot, how quick would Mother Earth rebalance herself? Mm-hmm. So it, like you said earlier in the beginning of, of this interview is when we make the change from within, and, and this, instead of like trying to fight for something, if we balance ourselves first, mm-hmm. that's the path. 
That's it's the path. Really the only way. It's the it. only thing to do is like right in here for sure. hundred mm-hmm. percent. You reminded me that one of the things my spiritual teacher said years ago was he, he, um, he was saying, you know, Oh, all these environmental organizations and they want to save the world. And he was like, why do humans think they can save the world? Humans can't save the world. Only trees can save the world. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Right. Mm, it's, it's, it's in a way, I mean, humans can't even save themselves. So we have to start within first. Right. And that's where I'm, you know, as an energy healer, that's my main kind of, um, I, you know, I, I'm an energy healer. Uh, you probably look, I don't know if you look me up, but I do uh, music in 432 Hertz. Um, so I believe everything has a vibratory signature and including our bodies, including things that are imbalanced from our bodies, including illness or uh, a mental or emotional imbalance. So once you get to the source of it, um, you know, you can heal, right? It's not like you have to suffer. Suffer, I do really do believe suffering is optional. Pain is unavoidable. But suffering, you, you can avoid because um, you're powerful. You're not just a, a piece of meat walking around. You are the product of heaven and earth. You know, you're not, you're, you're, you're both. But you have, we have to recognize the, the power that's within us. Um, and that's what nature does. It's like when you look at nature, you see, you see yourself. Exactly. It's and that's... Yeah. And that's what I think people are so attracted to nature, whether they realize it's affecting them on a spiritual level, it just helps them, you know, whether it's exercise or running or it doesn't, they come out of nature. Like you said, they feel great for a week. They may not know why they may not know it's, it's a spiritual thing. I do believe it is because, you know, everything is energy and we have an energy field that is affected by that. Um, so, so much to teach us. I think, I mean, I think that's why we search out those like, crazy mountain landscapes or the lake or the you know the wild places because we we get there and we feel small like initially we feel so small we feel like this tiny little ant you know compared to this huge vast thing but then like the tinier we feel we start feeling like we are all of that like we're so tiny we become everything and then, like you said, we see the reflection of ourselves as we see like those vast landscapes. It's like, that is me. Like, I am that vast. I'm a part of that. And when we can trust ourselves um, to sort of listen to Mother Earth, I mean, like, people, you can do a test, you know, people can go, can test it. Like, you can go out in the backyard and go to the tree or plant or flower you're most drawn to and sit with it for 30 minutes and just say, like, okay do you have a message for me? And you feel silly at first and you feel like a weirdo, you know, but there is a response. If you ask, there is a response. And I've seen it so many times in my career because, you know, there are actually studies that show if you make a request to a plant, you know, herbalists have known this, indigenous people have known this. If you're about to make a harvest for an herbal medicine, you typically, you would say, this is what I'm going to use it for. And can I have permission to use material for this and they've actually shown in studies that within 24 to 48 hours of the request the actual chemical constituents inside the plant a change and adjust to the needs of whatever the the person making the request um, needs it for so we're talking about like a living you know 
breathing to whatever extent you know they're giving us uh, oxygen and taking in our carbon dioxide so it's this there is a response there and i remember a few years ago starting to incorporate that, that into my work and i would challenge myself like to find some really hard to find endangered species orchids you know across the country and for months before i took the trip every time i at the end of my meditation practice i would just make it a habit to check in with that place and say you know i'm coming in july i really want to find you if you want to make yourself visible and known for the benefit of humanity please please make yourself visible to me and i'm coming in july um so i would just like throw out a prayer every day and and i mean it's there's a response you know like fast forward it's july i'm out in the middle of nowhere in south western Minnesota looking for a flower that no botanist wanted to tell me where it was because it was endangered so they're all like hush hush can't tell you where it is <laughs> and we just like followed our intuition oh well, let's just turn down here well let's just turn down here and within 15 minutes I swear Greg we could have been driving for for weeks looking for this thing wow. and within about 15 minutes we were like wow what is that we like stop the car and run out and I ran out with my photographer and we're literally just like standing with our jaws dropped because it's this really wild looking white orchid and it was like just about to sunset apricot skies with one little tiny cloud and that one tiny little cloud above our heads rumbled it was like <laughs> it was like you know, we were like, oh my God, like it just felt like the whole place greeted us. And then that tiny little cloud like did like a blessing rain for like three minutes. And that was it. And the whole rest of the sky was clear. It was insane. Mm -hmm. And then the, the full moon rose and it was the color red and there were fireflies. God. And it was like, what is this? Mm -hmm. You know, and that that has happened to me so many times. And I think if if, if more of us at more often times in our life were to sort of, you know, beseech and request, um, we would see that there's an answer. Mm. So talk, ask, ask and you shall receive, but be ready to listen. <laughs> I love magic. I, I love stories like this because I know this to be true. And this is one of my missions on earth is to guide people to realize that magic is real. It's in every moment that's ever escaping us. And it's our busy modern day lives that, you know, take us away from that. So it's about reminding us ourselves that every moment has magic in it. And when you listen to that quiet voice of the heart that is ready to speak to you, whenever you're, you're ready to listen, there's wisdom. That's magical. I mean, I got chills listening to that story. <laughs> It was talking to you. Nature was talking to you, calling to you. Beautiful. So, um, with that though, like, so how how do you connect? Like, so say you're you're working on a new flower essence, or you're trying to connect to a, a flower. What do you feel? Like, uh, is it a feeling? Is it an image? Is it a what do you, what do you get? What's your experience there? Um. Well, it can be varied. So depending on the plant, it's different. Um, 
I, I mean, I practice meditation every day for the last 20 some years. So I try to make myself as like blank slate, not blank slate, but just neutral, resting natural state of awareness. And sometimes certain plants are like, it just sounds like a voice in your head, in my head, you know, like, um, usually I'll take three to five pages of notes for each flower. And I might ask the plant or I'll go into the earth and ask the earth to teach me about this particular plant. And I'll say like, what words should I use for the people that I'll reach? What can I tell them that they'll understand in their language? Um, and I'm still learning, you know, I've been collecting flower essences for, um, I started collecting, I think 12 years ago. So I'm still learning like what questions to ask. Um, because there's each flower just has so many layers of what it can do uh, from physical to emotional, to mental, to energetic, to DNA, to, um, I mean, it's endless. The things probably we can't even really understand. Um, and then I just write it all down. Some flowers are more like they'll show me an imbalanced state. So I pay very close attention to how I feel. Like uh, with one of those cactus flowers that only blooms one night a year, I remember I had to uh, drive home with it in the backseat of my car. Uh, and I was driving really, really slow because I thought that the police would pull me over. <laughs> <laughs> and what? See that I have a flower in the backseat? So like my paranoia was just like through the roof. Mm. And then I realized, oh, this is the imbalance state. This is a fear state. Um, so sometimes it can be shown in, in a, like a wave of emotion or experience, uh, depending on the plant. And I know that sounds crazy to some people, but, and it did to me in the beginning too. But I mean, it's less fun to be too cool to be open to that. You know, if we're too cool to like be open to the magic of the world, then life's a little more boring. Like why not just try it? And then, you know, we have our methods here after we process the flower essence, we have a group of about 120 people that all take it and test, you know, to see if the information I got was, was it correct? Were there things I was missing? Are there expressions of it that I didn't understand? So cool. So cool. So you, you get a mix of feelings, emotions, images, um, perhaps sounds, or, or you're hearing something or words you said maybe coming up. Yeah. I mean, a variation of everything. You just have yeah, to be open. My head, blah, 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 blah. And it's not, it's, mm -hmm. it sounds like my own head, but it's not me. I mean, it's mm -hmm. me, but it's. You're the conduit. It's just listening. Mm -hmm. So speaking about your, your, your beginnings of this, of this journey of yours, what did that look like as a young Katie in, interested in flowers? What was your experience there? How did you come about this, this path? Um, I mean, honestly, it started when I was seven because I had this tremendous kind of suffering of being stuck in a small town and I knew that I was supposed to be somewhere else. And I knew that I was supposed to be doing something big and finding my people and working on a big project. But I didn't know what it was. I mean, it was like just, Oh, excruciating, like this desperate feeling of like, 
why am I here? And I'm in this little body and I'm supposed to be somewhere else. And I started to, to do um, every night before I would go to bed to do like to try to do astral projection to get like get myself where I needed to be. As a kid. Yes. Wow. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't very good at it um, or I didn't have the tools to really be able to figure out how to do that at that time. So, um, you know, I just had to make it through school. And then like, as soon as I graduated college, I was like, ah, yeah, all that school stuff is done. Now, what is it? So it was almost like the pent up, like suppressed, ah, what am I really here to do? Could finally like release itself. And I could just start, you know, looking for where it was. Um, and then I found it. And then since then it's been, you know, in Mexico, it was more like how do flower senses work as a modality and how, how, do, how do you do it with kids and old people and dying people and how, do, how does that all work? And then I came back to the States and met uh, many uh, Tibetan Buddhist teachers who kind of filled in the other parts for me of uh, how to do meditation and how to, how to uh, purify my own crap. You know, because it's like doctor healed myself first, you know, so I had to go through this whole period of just, you know, doing a lot of purification practices and burning out a lot of just crap that wasn't me. Um, and I, and I find that and I still, you know, I'm, I have so much work to go and I feel like my business can only be as good as I am. So, you know, every day, every month I'm, Striving isn't quite the right word, but, you know, really um, my intention is to evolve as quickly as possible um, or to remember or realize or expand, whatever word you would call it, um, because that impacts and instructs everything that comes out of our organization. I resonate deeply with your, your early journey. Um, we're, we're similar in that, that I felt uh, I was here to do something. I was here to, what's something big, something purposeful. Um, and then I got caught up in the world. I got sort of programmed by the world and lost in, the, in my mind, truly. And what a gift the mind is, but out of, an out-of-control mind can take us away from our, our truth. And so, but at the same time, now that I think back and look back, what a gift it was for me to have these challenges and experiences. And um, I'm coming on to my path a little later in life because I've of, of these experiences and these challenges. And I'm like you where I'm always pushing myself to be my best, um, to look at myself honestly and say, mm -hmm. what do I need to work on? What do, where, where does healing, where do I need healing? And to continue to be disciplined in my spiritual practices so that when I'm better, I serve my clients better. I serve my listeners better. Because just like you said, you know, we are we're the source of our surroundings and we vibrate and we're instruments and the higher tuned and the higher frequency that we are, the better that we serve those around us. Mm -hmm. um, so I deeply resonate with that. I think we have a lot in common. Um, so uh, thank you for that. Um, one thing I was going to ask you, so, you know, you probably have a ton of um, interesting stories from your clients yourself. Um, have you, have you 
any like, any come to mind where they have used your flower essences to grow or to heal or to overcome an illness or a challenge in their life? Anything that kind of comes to your mind where you've heard a story from your clients and you said, "Wow, that's I'm 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 thankful for being able to be a part of this person's journey to heal." Endless infinite stories. Um, mm. You know, leaving relationships that weren't appropriate for them but they just couldn't quite make the move uh grieving the loss of a husband or wife and you know just going down into the pit of despair and then being able to using flower essences to kind of find their way out of the darkness and find who they really are um similarly after like postpartum you know when women just crash and then suddenly being able to feel like themselves again a woman who was terrified of flying and didn't get on a plane her entire life, even with her husband, who would take an RV everywhere. Um, her husband died. She came to see me for grief. We talked briefly about airplanes. And then, you know, within several months, she was flying all over the place. She ended up, after a year, having so many frequent flyer miles. She was going to recovery. Um, kids with attention issues you know like super hyper um heartbreak abandonment rejection um being able to like move through it more gracefully and then alchemize it into something really positive any sort of past trauma experiences that are stuck in the body being able to take the energy that's sort of triggering around it like obviously you're not going to get rid of the memories but be able to uproot all the energy around it so it's not such a trigger um, sexual abuse, um, people who can't sleep can suddenly sleep. Um, I mean, like literally anything you could imagine, there is a flower for it. Even like EMFs, you know, like maybe you're on your cell phone too many hours a day and you feel green. There's a flower for that. Wow, it grows really? in British Columbia. Mm, yeah. Really? Yeah, it's called Yarrow. Wow. And this is something I use crystals for. That's, uh, yeah. that's incredible. <laughs> wow. uh, flower essences for helping your body be better able to access its self-healing powers. There are flowers for intuition, psychic abilities. There are flowers for tapping into sort of like the electric mag- electromagnetic grids of a place. I mean, it can get really out there or it can just be like, I want to laugh more today. <laughs> that's amazing. That. <laughs> amazing. Wow. What a, you know, how wonderful that must feel to be a part of so many significant healing journeys. Um, you know, because as we heal ourselves, we heal others. As we heal others, we heal ourselves because at a level, we are all one, one energy. And we've come here to experience that separateness. And what a, what a teaching tool, what a healing tool. Um, I didn't realize the, the full depth of this. This is, uh, you know, I, I'm one that's always like, you know, we just talked about pushing my boundaries to go further into my psychic abilities. And, and, you know, with one of my abilities is to be able to, I can sense energies with my, with my hands. And this is something that came up in the past, I'd say three years ago, you know, as I'm sitting here, like I literally just, I'm vibrating, like, you know, like (laughs) crazy. So I want to continue to push that further. How much more can I feel? You know, how much more can I see? So when I hear you speak about there's perhaps remedies or, or, 
uh, essences that I can use to, to push that. I'm like, yes, I want, I want to try that. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but also for people that just want, you know, some um, relief from, from grief or just, or just to be, have, have, be happy or have more courage perhaps in, or an interview and yeah, everything I mean, in between. In my experience, we're never really taught what to do with intense emotions. Mm-hmm. And at some point in time in life, earlier or later, we will be hit with something, whether it's grief or jealousy or rage or regret or you know, whatever it is. And then, and then our culture in the West here is also like very kind of anti-feeling in the sense of, I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> you know, it's like, what if you're not fine? Mm-hmm. And can we create a, big enough space inside of us that we can have not fine and fine at the same time or that we can like experience the depths of despair and really look at it instead of run away from it like really meet it head on and then it just transforms it's like something you said earlier what were you saying something you said earlier reminded me of my meditation practice when I realized We'll figure it out together, what you said. When I realized that in meditation, the observation is the dissolution. So like if you observe a habit about yourself or you're like pissed off about something or you feel really left out or you feel like somebody wronged you, just by looking at that, like looking at the thoughts and the emotions, it already starts to dissolve. Uh, like the consciousness of your your attention is light. Yes, you were talking about the physical body and giving yourself love. Like you hurt your knee, and you give, and you just start to become aware of that. And like the moment you become aware that you have tension in your shoulders, all you have to do is know, like, oh wow, there's a lot of tension in my shoulders, and then you just start to relax. So the same with all of the wild emotions that we can have inside of us. I feel like such a cheerleader of flower remedies and meditation and any other means that you can find to be able to hold a space wide enough to allow things to move through you and to be okay not being okay and to become more comfortable with the uncomfortable because I think a lot of times in the spiritual path I myself included we will get into these other tricky um other tricky sort of like uh, obstacles where we're like Oh, I'm so transcendent of all of that stuff. I don't feel that stuff. You know, I'm so beyond that. And then sometimes you just have to like get into the grid of it and be right in there. And then that's when the alchemy part takes place, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it's something I, 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 I teach is that, you know, when you face these challenges in your life, these are the very things that actually give you the strength that you never would have had without them. So it's, they're, they're actually, in essence, the gift for you, but we just have to see it for what they are. Most of us are resistant to that. We're always fighting against it. And that's I, nothing I teach is about resistance. Is, it's about surrendering and allowing. And that's, there's an art form there because we're not taught that, like you said. No. <laughs> um, it's, it's like it natural in, in us to, to be fighting everything that we're, we're seeing. So when you learn to put your attention on the right places, you know, and then you start to dissolve these patterns. You're like, oh, life doesn't have to be so challenging and difficult. There is a way out. 
what do you do, Greg, like in your own practice to um, like to soften and experience more compassion for yourself when you feel yourself fighting? This uh, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a really great question. And, and for me, um, I'm continually working on myself in a moment by moment basis. Even as we're sitting here talking, I'm sitting in, in my body and I'm always watching with a part of my consciousness, any sort of resistance that are coming up. So it doesn't actually get away from me too far. Like thoughts don't just run away. And then I'm like, I'm lost for a day in my thoughts. I'm like, you know, usually about a minute I come back. So for me, it's like, so I I try to teach people that, you know, you start with meditation or if you can't, if you, people have resistance to meditation, the word meditation, um, go for a walk in nature, draw, paint, play with your, your child or your pet, get into that moment where you're in that moment of surrender. And that's who you really are. Right. So when you start to practice that awareness and you realize what your, what your center is, what your anchor is. So I know what my home is, my anchor is in my heart. And so it's an easy for, for me to get there. But for people that haven't experienced that, you have to get to that point. And then when you practice that, you practice in your awareness and your consciousness, um, it becomes easier, easier, and easier. And then you just have to start, because you have more compassion for yourself, you have more compassion for others naturally. When I have more empathy for myself, I have more empathy for others. So when you work on yourself, you break down those barriers that we, that we once thought protected us or the very things that are holding us back from our growth. That's when the magic happens that you realize, because I, I used to be the, you know, when I was younger, I just want to, you know, live in the bush and be by myself um, and I'll be good just knowing that magic is, is everywhere. But that was never my journey. <laughs> I, had to, I had to face my fears of, of being courageous. Um, and so that's where I want to share to people that have anxiety. And I'm, I, you know, I, I know that it's probably at an all-time high right now amongst our, our youth that are being challenged with technology, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just where it's in our faces every day. Um, media, news, phones, comp- competition amongst our friends. And so to find that balance is even more difficult for children. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing I want to talk to you about is, you know, as an energy healer, I see that it is um, very out of balance, our modern society. We're, we're in a very left-brained masculine energy right now. And this is what I love about you and your work is that it's, it's, it's divine feminine power because a lot of men um, are like we talked about this are, are are resistant to their emotions. They're taught that if you speak your emotions, you're weak. And you know, I was kind of taught that too. But I was just a naturally and like maybe overly sensitive person. You know, I cry in movies and all. You know, I'm trying to hide it, right? <laughs> but I've taught myself, and I've <laughs> I've learned that it's it's true strength to be vulnerable, right? And and as and as men, we have to embrace our feminine side. That's our creative side. Like, you know, when you look at the sun, the sun is, is a masculine energy. Mother Earth is the female aspect. Mother Earth gives birth to all of us. She's, she's, our, she's our mother, right? She loves us. Um, so that's what I use in my teachings is that, you know, look at the balance of nature, both on the macro and the micro. Inside of me are female principles, even on a chemical level, that are my cells are giving birth on it in every moment, right? And our, we have new bodies every year, right, from being regrown. So we have to learn, as, especially as men, to start to balance those emotions within us, that it's okay to, um, to be sensitive, to feel things. So my question to you then is, is you know, how, how can we find more of our feminine side, both as men and, and women in this modern world? 
Yeah, I mean, from the flower essence perspective, there are flowers like papaya and uh, agave. Papaya is um, for balancing the male and female aspect of ourselves inside, for helping us um, be able to experience more collaboration versus competition. Agave would be like transforming any of the kind of out of balance male into imbalanced male inside of ourselves. Like you said, we have both sides inside of ourselves. Um, and, on, and in some ways, I think all flower essences help us do this. Um, but there are specific flowers that are, you know, very pointed at, um, you know, like night blooming red cup water lily is like uh, the ability for uh, the divine feminine to emerge in both men and women and to have the male masculine energy support that inside of ourselves um, and to be able to lead from more of a listening or a collaborative space versus top down. Um, so yeah, I mean, there are flowers all over for, for helping us do that. And it's funny because the world's in such an interesting place. I mean, I think men have been really challenged in the last 10 years in terms of, you know, you guys have both the, you're not supposed to feel. And then there's this whole other sort of PC culture thing going on where it's like, and you're not supposed to be the warrior, you know? So it's like, wait a minute, you know? So it's like, it's like, how can we invite all of those aspects back, right? Like how can both you and I be the warrior and we can both be uh, the, 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 you know, the protector and the um, nurturer. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky place to be in, in, in this particular cultural setting that we're in. Um, I, think I think the easiest thing to do is just take flower essences for it. And we'll all sort of settle out our natural balance. <laughs> I love that. I love that there's an easy answer. That's what we need right now. Truly. And, and what I was saying about technology is, is you know, te technology is a very left brain sort of, um, you know, the analyzing mind of collecting information, analyzing, collecting information. But how do we make wise decisions from this data that we're collecting? And that's something that I've been speaking about on my past episodes is, you know, wow. how do we bring that feminine side? And this is where I speak about bringing that heart into the mind, right? And not just making decisions based off data so that we make decisions that enrich us as humans and Mother Earth. Yeah, I think we have to begin to learn to trust our spacious awareness. And I used to think, you know, I used to make decisions like, oh, let's do the pros and cons and weigh it all out. And we get into that trap, right? We get into the trap of like, I can figure this out. Oh, I have a challenge. Let me figure this out. And we think about it and think about it. We think about it. We think about it. And honestly, as I get older, I realize that actually that's what gets me into problems. The best thing that I can do is just push back from the table, like push back and just to go sit quietly and listen to the breeze and listen to the birds and listen to the trees rustling and not actively seek and search and figure and right and then when the time is right 
because I've created this space space for it, boom, it just comes in. And then like, that's, that's it. And at this point, I don't make decisions or do things until I get that. So if I don't get that, then I just figure, not the right time yet. Wait, wait, wait. And then if it's like, you know, it's clear. It's like, it comes from some other place in us. I believe that has all the answers to everything, but we just don't fully have conscious access to it. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you said, spend time in nature, take breaks. Lately, my spiritual teacher has been really encouraging all of us here at Lotus Way to take five breaks during the day. And each break is five minutes, just five minutes, no more, five minutes. You know, you could call it meditation or you could just call it breathing practice or awareness. And that doing that in such tiny little amounts, about five times a day, um, really has the capacity to get you more in touch with accessing that part of you that really knows without question. But we don't know that we know. No, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. I do. And so it's that art of allowing instead of trying, because we, as you know, humans were kind of thrown into school at such a young age, we're taught to think, 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 you know, and then on top of that, and then we're taught to think about schedules. We have to think about time, you know, and we're, our minds are everywhere except this moment. So we have very little time to, uh, and even when we have time to like, just not be worrying about time or, we tend to, people tend to, um, you know, enter, they want entertainment. They watch TV. They, 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 their minds need constant stimulation. So there's not really a lot of gap to get into that space to find that inner peace, to find your truth. So we have to take those breaks. And that's where, you know, I wish our education system would, would sort of remind us that, that there is another side to, um, to learning and education. It's not just about putting stuff in. It's about bringing stuff out. It's, I think, probably a bigger aspect of education because we all have unique gifts and no one's going to learn the same way. So it's about a, a true teacher brings out the natural magic within an individual. I remember my flowerism teacher saying, when you have attained a certain state of awareness, you no longer need to learn things. You just know them. You have access. Mm-hmm to the answer of any question that you could ask Mm. that was over 20 years ago since then I've met people who have that capacity like maybe they don't know anything about the modern world but if you ask them they know the answer or you ask them about a relationship you have with so-and-so and they can tell you exactly about that person or what your next step could be, or what your future might look like if you continue to make those choices. How the heck do those people know, you know, have that quality? And so I think when you talk about how much we have this habitual pattern of distracting ourselves, and if it's not entertainment or phone or Instagram or Netflix or whatever, if we're by ourselves and we tend to think about the past or the future, then I try to remind myself. Actually, I'd rather let go of all that and have the capacity to see the three times. Like if I could see past, present, and future, if I had access to, to, to all the answers of anything I could, you know, the knowingness, that's way more exciting. Isn't it? Yeah. And I think if people 
could understand just a, a grain of sand of how magical they are and the world that they live in is, they would start to spend time, you know, real time, um, finding their truth. But it's just that constant distraction. And I get it because I was there too. And in a way, you know, we do that too to um, put up walls because we don't want to look inward. We don't want, we're not ready to face ourselves because there is a, a scariness there. Mm-hmm. So that's where we all need to come together as, um, as compassionate beings to hold each other's hands and say, you know, it's okay. You know, I'm there with you and I've been there and I'm here with you right now. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of time, to me, you know, time is, uh, it's, it's a paradox because, you know, we have the illusion of time, but, you know, in spiritual practices, they teach you that there is only this moment, right? And this moment is happening at the same moment that happened a hundred years ago. So it's all intertwined as this DNA spiral goes through. And that's what the beauty of nature for me as a, as a teacher is, you know, as, as, um, as mother earth is spinning in a DNA spiral, which is DNA in our bodies, everything is spiraling. And that's the beauty of what even flowers do when flowers bloom, as I'm sure, you know, or when flowers grow, they spin in that DNA spiral. So that's what, the greatest artists bring to life when they're sculpting, when they're, when they're painting, when they're creating, they're creating out of that sort of mathematical equation of the, you know, the, the golden ratio or, or, or the phi ratio. That's the mathematical sacred geometry that is built within all of nature. So it's there to teach us. And to me, that is the easiest way to get to people that have that sort of busy mind mm-hmm. um, is to show them that, look, it, it's this obvious that, even for someone that's a, a very scientific mind, um, you know, I like science. I actually think it's very fascinating. I find technology very fascinating, but there's a balance to it. it t- we should not be the slaves to our technology. We should be the masters. Technology should allow us to in- enrich our lives, to spend more quality time with ourselves and our loved ones to find out our true purpose. It shouldn't be telling us what to buy, who to be, Right. And that's where we're kind of headed with AI. Oh and, my God. And, and, and so I, I have some concerns there. <laughs> so this is why, you know, I've started this podcast is, is to um, reach as many people as I can to show them who they really are, how powerful, how magical everybody really is, because we're at a precipice. And we all have to stand together to, uh, to create the world of our dreams and not just allow and accept what we see on TV as reality. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Oh man, I mean, <laughs> it's like alternate realities. I think. I think there are a lot of people are living in alternate realities at this point. Um, I, I have this group called the Flower Revolution, where there's um, you know, several hundred people working with the same flower essence every month, and I look at them in the Zoom meetings because they're all over the place, and they're like totally unaffected by anything that's been going on in the last 15 months. They're so rooted. They're so like courageous in their own sense of self-trust that they see all this nonsense going around them like a theater. Like they're not really a part of it. They're not hooked into it. It's not triggering them. And uh, so that's why I think, hmm, I mean, first of all, wow, flower remedies can really like hook you into yourself. You're onto something. And then second of all, wow, you know, that we can all be living and coexisting and some people are like absolutely in the grips of 
terror. And that someone next to them might be like absolutely courageous and bold and free and easy and not have a care in the world. Uh, I think there's a lot of propaganda. I think there is, um, you know, a particular agenda at play and many people unfortunately are not aware of that. Um, in any case, I think the answer is to go within and to trust our, our own inner compass and what feels right for us and not to let any of the noise outside influence, uh, you know, and to make sure that we make decisions not out of fear or peer pressure. Just about to say that. Shaming, guilt. Like, if we're going to make any decision, may it be like out of joy and full, wholehearted, you know. Otherwise, just wait. It's okay to wait. You don't have to do anything right now. You're singing my truth, Katie. You were hearing hearing me. Make decisions out of love. No matter what. No matter if it takes, uh, even if it, even if it makes you shake, you make you make decisions out of love. You speak your truth. You're going to be taken care of. Um, and you know this is the beauty and, and to have a correlation between intention because intention carries energy. These words have intention. Your words have intention. Your flower essences have intention. And and also beyond that, because of what you're, the love that you're putting into your your flower essences. So for me, when I'm um, what I remind people out there is to Put into your body, put into your mind things that have good intentions. Um, And we know that Mother Nature has the best intentions, the highest intentions for us. So when I eat food, I try to eat organic, loved food because I know what Mother Mother Nature knows best. Mm -hmm. I I don't, you know, with a scientist messing with a, a plant, their DNA or GMO, what's the intention behind that? And I'm putting that into my body if I'm taking that in. Yeah. <laughs> you hear me, obviously. Oh my God. I mean, it, it drives me crazy because there are so many places where there is someone from the outside telling you something, mm-hmm. but in your own experience, it doesn't jive. So like you might have a Bill Gates saying, we need to genetically modify every seed because there's not enough food for people to eat in the world. When if you just have one fruit tree in your backyard, let's say you have a peach tree or a lemon tree or an apple tree, you have the very rooted personal experience of knowing that that tree will make way too much fruit that even your own family can consume. You've got to like start giving it to neighbors. You just give lemons to your mom. You're just giving peaches to the neighbor, you know? Um, And that's how mother nature is. It's always operating in abundance. And sure, we may have a systems issue. Maybe everyone needs to have a garden in their backyard. We need we have a supply chain issue or something. But it's not true. And um, I just think when we look to Mother Nature, we see the answers. When we look to our personal experience of what we know to be true, we also see the truth. Um, so balancing that against, you know, all of these kind of top-down messaging, if it doesn't jive with what you've known and lived and seen, it's probably not true. (laughs) Right? Pretty simple. (laughs) You got me all fired up. 
the GM thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, like, even if you think about the logic of it, this is where I try to get people that are very left brain into the logical thinking of it. Cause I can be there too. Um, and that's why I, 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 I study science, not to a certain, not to a depth degree, but I, I really appreciate quantum physics and all these things that where I can reach people that are very left brain um, to sort of see things um, as a pattern and discover it for themselves. This is what it's all about. It's not about just saying even the words that I'm speaking now, or even someone what's that speaking on uh, as a doctor on TV, you know, experience it for yourself before accepting your truth. Right. And that's something that a lot of us need more to be doing is, is taking this information in processing it and leave behind what doesn't serve you regardless of where the information came from because there's always intention and agenda behind things and try to get to the highest source of that intention and measure by actions words are cheap you know from that point of view on the radio or tv or media what's the action and measure those because anybody you know that's you know I don't even watch the news. I don't even watch TV because, mm-hmm. you know, 99% of it is just trying to program me. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't discover that until I became to know myself. Right. And as you know yourself, you start to see how these outside influences are starting to try to change you and change the way you think. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's very easy to see the patterns now. And this is my one, again, one of my purposes to help people make, guide them to their own decisions and truths right. don't even just listen to what i'm saying experience it for yourself and then you decide i think that as a society we have we've lost that art we've sort of just listened to these people that have been put in charge politicians mm-hmm. and scientists um but if you think yeah and if you think about it like you know 100 years ago we were doing some pretty barbaric things in science and don't get me wrong i love science it's doing some pretty amazing things but at the same time it has its limitations. And so in a hundred years from now, they're going to look back and think we did some pretty barbaric things ourselves. So we need to keep that in mind that, you know, mother nature has been in evolving herself over billions of years. We're here, you know, we're, she, we have these beautiful skies and these beautiful mountains and trees and forests and humans are just cutting them down and polluting them or what? And the key word here is profit. And that's, that's the world that we're driven in right now is by profit. We're not, not, it's not human enrichment. It's not world enrichment. It's profit. So we need to be aware of that. And we have the power to change the world. It's not too big for us to conquer. Right. We have to start from within. And hence this conversation. And your beautiful work, like I, you know, I'm learning a lot about your, uh, you and, and your work. And I'm actually pretty jacked to try, uh, to try some myself. I'm going to go digging around and, Find some of the find some of the far out ones. <laughs> see see what I can experience. I'll send you a care package. Oh wow, thank you. Um, uh, so my next question is: you, we've already kind of talked about this, so I kind of already know sort of the answer. But you know, a lot of us were were growing up eating meat, you know, based in North American society, whatever society we're, that we're in. Um, and I, I tell my listeners that everything has a vibration. Everything has a vibratory signature. And emotions transfer that energy. So when you're, you know, when you're you know, killing an animal and it's living in horrendous conditions, it, it dies in fear. It knows it's going to die. You know, 
cows and, and pigs have incredibly deeply deep emotions. And I think if people were to see that, um, I'm sure there would be a lot of quicker changes. So when that happens, when the animal is killed, that energy goes into the meat. And that when we eat that meat, it goes into our body. And our body has to process it both on a chemical level, so we, the chemicals that we have to sort of process, and on an energetic level. So we're getting this kind of two-factor double uppercut. That's, and I, something, I, I used to be meat eater myself. Um, and, and so it, it, you know, I never felt good after eating meat. I was always felt very exhausted. But it was something that my culture did. Something that, you know, I grew up doing. So it's okay. Well, we've been doing this for 100 years. So it's normal. And that's where I feel that, you know, as, a, as cultures, as, you know, uh, countries, we have to realize that culture is beautiful. But this is a part of what I love about you, love about you is like, it's about evolution. We can't let cultures hold us back from becoming our true self. Just because we've been doing something for a thousand years doesn't mean it's the right thing. There are better ways to do things. And so I'm not, you know, like guilting you into eating meat. I've been there. I've walked that path. And there's a purpose there. There's, there's a lesson there. But the fact of the matter is, is that we need to be responsible for what we're putting into our bodies, both, you know, ingesting and also um, in our eyes and in our ears. Because it's all energy. It's all food. Um, so with that said, did you find that on your early journey, that when you were sort of discovering yourself, were, were you sort of aware of this process naturally? Or were you, was this like an evolution for you to start to, like, I don't know if you're a vegetarian or a vegan or if you use natural products. It sounds like you probably are. Was this something that was inside of you already? Or did you have to grow into this? I mean, I maybe had a little bit of an opposite um, experience as you. So, mm. When I got into college, I became a vegetarian. I was a vegetarian for eight years. And then at one point, I became vegan. And then I became a raw foodist for six months. Mm. And then I got really, really sick. Um, and I, you know, it's taken me a long time to realize what my own body's constitution needs and what's actually happening. And um, it just took me a really long time to figure that out. I think all of our bodies are really different. You know, some people really do well with veggies only some people do well with grains some people don't do well with grains some people do well with certain kinds of meats some people only like fish you know it's like there's so much complexity to the human body um i myself i got really really anemic uh and really sick so my at that point um, my spiritual teacher said you have to start eating some meat and over the years i i've like realized that i'm borderline anemic um, you know, have really heavy periods. And so for me, I, you know, I take iron and I have even had like, you know, for so many, maybe 20 years, I didn't eat beef. And then every time I went to the Chinese doctor, they would say, my God, you don't even have a pulse. Where is your blood? You have no blood. Like I had, I had several doctors say, you need to go get a, a steak or a hamburger and drink some alcohol. You know, it was like, I haven't drank alcohol in, you know, 20 some years and all right, you know, and I haven't had beef and I was like, you know, so I've had to sort of become a little more flexible with, you know, my belief system and what, what my body actually needs. Um, so I think it's like an ever evolving, um, you know, it's a, it's a, 
you know, when you talk about the suffering of animals, no one can argue with that, you know. And what I do before I eat meat is I, um, I thank the animal. I make wishes that their sacrifice, um, that I, because I'm consuming it, I contribute to the exponential uh, of their, like, joyous, happy birth. And may they take birth as human, and may they be free from the mm. future animal suffering. That's beautiful. Um, so in, in my way, I feel like that is contributing. Mm-hmm. In my tradition, um, I don't kill animals, and there's a very big difference between killing and it's already been done. And so, you know, you're, you're just consuming it, and you can kind of contribute to that animal's future in some way with your prayers so i think it's a tough um, you know it's a tough it's a tough one because there's like so many ways that you can look at it Mm -hmm. and then everybody's body is different Mm -hmm. um so again i mean it's like kind of how how we all come back to the same anchor of finding what's right for you and in in that whatever that time period is you know there are seasons to everything um, there are times in our life when it's better we don't eat meat at all. And maybe for some people, it's better they eat a little bit, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really do respect your uh, your process on that because it is about gratitude. And, you know, that when you give gratitude, you forgive. Um, you know, on a separate note, you actually heal past and, and, and future and past at the same time powerful energy um gratitude um and so it's nice that you're aware of that and that's what i'm trying to get people just to be aware of instead of just doing what you've been doing you know listen to your body and if you are going to eat meat try to eat meat that is you know sustainably sourced that isn't hurting mother earth or that you know the cows are living um on a you know they're during during their time here they're on a, a beautiful field and i see that all the time here where I live, um, cows are just having a blast on the field. And I'm like, my heart always goes out. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, the young ones are jumping around. That's, 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 that's awesome. That's a good thing. But you know, what, what I have concerns is with is like, because of the massive blind consumption is that, you know, we have animals that are just like in these horrendous conditions, squeeze them to these like stalls, milk's being pulled out of them. No, it's, 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 uh, and so when you are not thankful, and you're just blindly consuming, that's something to be aware of. And I'm, I'm the last person to guilt anybody into anything because I have been a massive meat eater in the past, like massive. Like it would just, I would gorge myself on unbelievable levels. So I'm just as guilty as anybody else. So all I ask that out there is, is just to be mindful, to be aware of what you're putting into your body, both you know ingesting into your stomach and the things that you watch and listen to is everything you're putting into your body um, has to be processed. And so, you know, people when they're watching movies or, or something on Netflix and they're watching something for three hours straight and they go to bed, you know, what are the dreams they're having? You know, it's going to be about, and I've been there too, you know, where I've uh, ripped through a show in, in a matter of two days and I'm dreaming about this show for a week. And I did that with, <laughs> I did that with Game of Thrones. And I'm like, holy, that's, that's some dark stuff. And, you know, I had to really start to say, you know what, is this good for me? Is this good for my path? And for others that are watching that stuff, that's this is the this is the beauty of life. 
is that there is no wrong. There is no wrong choice. Whatever decision that you make, there is no wrong. There's only something to learn. There's only lessons there. So that, that's why like, we can remove guilt from the equation. You know, you've, you've done nothing wrong, no matter how bad. Um, you, you are forgiven, but we have to learn to forgive ourselves. But at the same time, being responsible custodians of Mother Earth. That's why we're here. We're not the boss. You know, Mother Earth can have a, a shake-up in one day. Um, she can and, kick us off like fleas at any point. <laughs> exactly. And, and how quickly are we reminded of our place? We are the caretakers of, of Earth. And, and I think we need to, and that's a part of coming back into our feminine side, I believe. That, that loving, accepting, forgiving side and compassionate side and vulnerable side. That, you know, we all are, you know, sensitive and delicate and wonderful and amazing. Um, and let's embrace that. We don't have to put up the shields that, you know, act like we're, we're tough or we're different. You know, you know, we are different at a level, but at the same time, you know, we come from the same place. And there's beauty in that. And that, for me, on my path, it's allowed me to embrace things in the past that I would have like scoffed at and said, that's ridiculous. Or that person's a fool. Now I just, I'm like, I love and embrace that person. Whatever, wherever they are in their life is where they're meant to be. And that's what I say to my, my listeners. Um, wherever you are is where you're meant to be. Whatever challenge that you're going through is what you're meant to go through. Your, your soul wouldn't have manifested it if you couldn't handle it. And so if you're listening to this, you're meant to listen to this. There's information here. There's, there's truth in here for you to dig through, to process and discover for yourself. And then you decide what's right for you. So you, you inspire me, by the way, to, uh, to talk about all this sort of stuff. Like I was going on, a, I have a, a list of questions for you, but it's such an, an authentic uh, discussion that I'm going off myself, so I apologize. So speaking of, of fears, things that we've, um, I've gone through, is there anything that, that sort of that, that scares you or that challenges you in, that, in a fearful way? And if so... How do you conquer that? Yeah, I mean, sure. Lots of fears. I mean, I was terrified of public speaking. Um, mm. And the the only way to get through it is just to do it. You know, um, I, there's a great quote by uh, Chagyam Trimpa. And he says, it's something like, fearlessness is not the absence of fear. It's having fear and going beyond it or doing it anyway. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. Like terrified of public speaking of, of being in business of not knowing what I'm doing of looking like a fool of not having it all put together of, I mean, you name it, like all of us have fears of, of like loved ones dying because they will, uh, you know, that's, that's all very human. But I think, um, my method has just been to do it anyway and, and, and work with the fear, work with the shaky knees and the jiggly voice and speak to a thousand people and, you know, get through it. Because <laughs> you've done a, a, a TED, a TEDx, right? Yeah. And you know, the ridiculous thing is that like I had worked through so many of my public speaking fears. Like I had done so many talks over the years. Like I was over it. I had no more public speaking fear until it was TED, TEDx. Oh, and then there's a chance that we'll go up on the TED channel and all the TED people will see it and maybe tens of thousands of people will see it. And, you know, I was even in this like silly community college theater and there weren't even that many people there, but it was like the thought of like, who is going to see it and 
Is it going to, you know, catapult us into the next level of awareness of flower remedies or am I going to blow it? Um, and it was like, I had to use flower essences for every minute before I went on stage because it was like, I couldn't control the bodily response, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I felt great. I felt great. We did the practice run. It was great. And then it was go time. And then I'm walking out to that red dot, the red carpet dot, you know, with the spotlights. And it was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that's when, where the compassion piece comes mm. in because sometimes it's just, you can't even control it. You don't know where it comes from. Maybe it was a past life thing. Maybe you got killed for speaking up once. Okay. We can allow ourselves to move through whatever that stuff is. And honestly, I think that blew out a lot of stuff. Like it somehow purified a lot of that. It's like the act of doing it, facing it, experiencing it, bringing it to the surface kind of helps bring it up and out so you can liberate it out of your system. I love your vulnerability. It's true strength. I honor that. So with that said, um, are there anything, I mean, I know you do, you said you do meditation every day. Do you find that this sort of, like, do you have any other spiritual practices or, or is this sort of, you do, you meditate in the morning and does this help you process some of these, you know, whatever daily challenges that we might have, whether it's, you know, public speaking or whether it's a, a family engagement or a job interview? What does that look like for you, your, your spiritual practice? Is it um, being mindful? Um, is it, are you always taking your essences to, to help no. you? Yeah, nonstop. I mean, mm. I am a big proponent of that. Mm. So yeah, that's like the baseline. And then, um, I mean, I'm a practicing Tibetan Buddhist. So, you know, mm. in the beginning, I was much more, uh, you know, doing two hours of practice a day, all the like purification and practices. These days, I get up at 4.15, do some practice, and then I go back to sleep because I'm a slacker. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. If I wasn't a slacker, I'd probably be up at 4 and then stay awake. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little hardcore. But honestly, I really, what I really try to do is to maintain awareness in as many moments as I can during the day. Mm-hmm. You know, like even here as we're speaking, it's like, just making sure that I notice how it feels to have my hands on my knees and the the air is and the way that the space around me feels. And while I'm looking at your face and space around you and the energy I feel from you, uh, and really just always reminding myself and reteaching myself through the experience of resting in a state of awareness. Um, you know, that it just continually teaches us that it's okay. It's okay to be right here. It's okay to be uncomfortable with not knowing. It's okay to be uncomfortable with the silence. It's okay to be like whatever arises. Um, the, the, the continually allowing myself to rest in the natural state of awareness helps me then when I'm in really challenging times. Like, let's say I get attacked or someone is screaming at me or angry with me or I have a really awkward moment. Um, then it, it like, I can still just rest in the spacious awareness, right? 
it's like all that practice helps me in the moments where it's really difficult to stay here. <laughs> so that's your anchor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I talked about earlier is that's where I'm smiling over here because that's exactly what I do is that, you know, my, my old life, I was very anxious, very concerned of what people thought about me and very influenced by those around me because I'm also an empath. And so I was feeling emotions that weren't always mine. So I was always like, you know, very <laughs> terrible. <laughs> oh. I mean, sometimes you feel it more than they do. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <is> <laughs> oh my God, it, it was, a, it was a challenging, um, challenging path, but it, it's made me into who I am now. And I feel like I'm the most powerful and the most aware and the most, um, beneficial for those around me and i continue to challenge myself to that and i so deeply resonate with that that presence moment because that's that's that anchoring point where we're safe that we are exactly where we're supposed to be and i think as a kid and i'm I'm, I'm sure there's many people out there that are even afraid to have a voice that are afraid to do things and i think for me that almost stem that stemmed from like i didn't have the right to be here on earth i didn't have the right to say anything and for anybody that's listening, you have the right to be you. You have the right to make mistakes. And I say that in quotes. Um, they're just lessons. And there are lessons there to show you your growth and your, and, your, and your truth and your power. Because that's why you came here. You came here to be challenged. It's not meant to be an easy path. We all go through these constant challenges. And even if you're, you know, you've been meditating for 20 years or you've gone through spiritual, you know, uh, what's the word, uh, you know, insights or whatever, there's always going to be more challenges ahead. And yeah. so, to, so to find that peace within you and to find that anchor is that place where you can always continue, continue to go home. And uh, so I, I, I deeply, deeply resonate with that. And I think we're very, we're, we have a lot in common. That's why I'm smiling over here because we have a lot of, and, and whether that's a Tibetan Buddhist, um, um, I, I, I can't say for sure. I, I take, for me, my, my journey has been self-propelled and I've, I'm, I read a lot of spiritual books. So I, I take what's true for me mm-hmm. and I leave the rest behind. And, yeah. um, and here I am, you know, um, continuing to grow, continuing to make mistakes up with again in, in quotes, but learning quickly. And as you, you know, instead of like having to go through a lesson for a year or two, you can learn a lot quicker when you start to have these insights and you start to have that anchor of a home that you know that, you know what, I am a powerful spiritual being living a a human existence and um, I am loved. And I think with that said, I think that there's a big lack of self-love growing up. We're not really taught how to love ourselves. Um, Oh yeah. I mean, in fact, like, I don't know if Canada is the same, but in the U S there's like a very, very deep rooted self-hatred. I mean, yeah. self-hatred, but like, we don't really even know it's there. It's just sort of subtle. Um, but when you get right to the root of it, it's a lot like self-hatred. Yeah, yeah it's um, all pervasive. I mean, imagine coming in and having to deal with that. <laughs> it's a lot. Luckily, there are flower remedies for that. And... Um, it can be totally uprooted, you know, with any method of, I think the important thing is like, we need methods, mm. right? Like we need like 
practices and methods. And if we have that, then we can uproot anything. Yeah. How do I get there from here? Exactly. So for someone like that's beginning their their spiritual journey, that's learning to find out, you know, how do they, how do they let go of trauma? How do they heal from trauma? How do they heal from physical the physical issues? How do they get there? And I think there's many ways. And and you know, all roads, I always say this is all roads eventually lead home, no matter how far they may take you. All roads will leave home and lead home. And that's where you know you find find peace in that. That you know, whatever decision you make, whether you think it's good or bad, is meant to be. And you just take it one step at a time. Um, and I think we need to, you know, take that in, in that process of self-love and realize that, you know, regardless of whether we had a proper upbringing or not, or we were adopted or not, you know what, you're loved, you're loved on a deep and powerful level. And whether you want to call it God or source or mother earth or the solar system or the universe, you're loved and you're safe. And whatever you decide to do, you're, you're, you're going to be okay. And there's people that are, are here with you that when you're ready to learn and you're ready to grow and ready to heal, those doors are going to be open for you. And here is one that is sitting right in front of me, a Katie house that has some beautiful, true alchemy that is powerful and deep. I'm, I'm, I can feel the depth of, of the healing um, medicine within her work. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm truly so excited. Um, that we have, uh, have this chance to talk. I have a few more questions. I know we're coming up on our time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, let's get to, I, I have a list here and, you know, I apologize that, uh, you know, we're, we've been having this, uh, such an authentic heart-based conversation that I just want to get the uh, good questions out. Maybe I don't have good questions. Mm-hmm. So for you, for example, here's a, here's a good one, I think, is, you know, I know that you said you're continuing to challenge yourself, continuing to grow. Are there any things that you are still desiring to do, to be, to create? You know, I, you've already created this amazing company. You've already written an amazing book. Is it, like, how are you challenging yourself or, to grow or to, is there anything else that you want to do, to, that you want to create, that you want to be? I mean, my main spiritual, my main spiritual like active practice is the business, and uh, we definitely want to grow. I mean, we just we just only bought our commercial building in 2018, um, so we have a 15,000 square foot space, but we still have yet to really define, you know, how it's going to look in terms of wellness center. I want to purchase land and uh, property in Asia. Uh, I want to do exactly what we've done here in the West in Asia and we've, you know, made some moves and incorporated and trademarked and have family there, but it would be great to buy property and have the business in Asia as well. Um, And then I have other, you know, dreams, but we'll see. It would be great to have a retreat center in Taiwan. Um, So I've been like slowly building a portfolio of properties here in the U S that later we can sell and then buy something in Asia um you know enlightenment full enlightenment would be great (laughs) oh yeah no big deal (laughs) easy stuff (laughs) um yeah i mean other than that really just kind of taking life as it comes and and um continuing to do my practice and seeing where that leads me 
think it's led you to a pretty amazing place. I think your, your company and your intention so needed and it's so um i haven't experienced it myself but i can i feel within my heart that this is what you know everything happens for a reason people are born for reasons and obviously this is your purpose is to teach people and guide people and heal people um through alchemy of flowers and everything is a vibration and yeah I'm what like, a teacher i'm like a uh, I don't even know that, that you could say I do all that. I'm more like a, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. what do you call that? A connector. You know, like when you're mm-hmm. at a party and you meet those people who are like, hey, Greg, have you met so-and-so? And then you have like hit it off and you have this great relationship. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm one of those little like, hey, Greg, have you met the black bat flower? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, connecting people with little flowers. And then that in turn connects them with the vastness of themselves. Um, so so I'm, humble. I'm I'm grateful that you would give me all those terms. <laughs> I speak from the heart, Katie, and you're very humble, and that's honorable. Um, and I, I was saying earlier in the podcast about courage, how important that is, as as we all know, to be our truth, to guide us to our truth, and because you know we're sort of led on ways that take us away from our truth, especially with technology and media and whatnot. So once you have, once you kind of align to your inner truth, you know, for anybody out there that's listening, you're going to be, you're going to be guided um, on a path that is unique to you, you know, and you're going to be revealed um, things that are unique to your path and whether they're your, you know, passions that you've had as a child or new gifts, something that I've had, you know, some, some healing gifts and healing abilities that have come up into my life that actually at once frightened me. I'll be honest with you. it kind of blew me away. I'm like, why am I feeling this? Is am I, am I losing like blood circulation in my hands? Like, you know, and you know, once I started seeing energy, like I'm starting to see like, you know, like, are my eyes going bad? And, you know, I, I hear, you know, I hear things and I'm like, I got tinnitus. Like you, you go through these steps, right? Cause it's your left brain trying to analyze everything, but you start to realize that no, 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 this is all part of the magic of your journey. And these are gifts. And so to have courage, to continue to break down those those boundaries because as you do that you're going to be led to your truth to your tribe to the people you're meant to share with and this is something that you've done obviously and i think very um very naturally you pulled together some amazing people the best i i mean to i think a product like yours is, is going to change the world once it gets like you know like i to me it already feels massive and I know that you're still you're still wanting to grow because there's always challenges. But I think once people experience this and realize that there's an answer for whatever they're going through, an emotional or a spiritual challenge, you know, you don't have to turn to, you know, you don't have to necessarily meditate. You don't necessarily, you know, have to take a pharmaceutical drug. There is a natural remedy that nature has provided with the highest intention to help you guide there. And that's what I love about you and your products is, you know, for, if you're looking for spirituality, it's there for you. If you're looking for healing physically, it sounds like you have products for that as well. And if you're looking for, you know, mental, if there's grief or if there's any emotional trauma, it's there as well. Like, it's like the one-stop shop. <laughs> How incredible is that? That's amazing. And, and through my work, I mean, for me, I have to, you know, when I work on people's energy fields, it's, it's a combination of you know, the mental and the emotional and the physical body 
Um, and, and these emotions have to come up and they have to be released. Right. And it sounds like what your product does is sort of actually kind of does that naturally. And it forces, I don't say force, it guides them to that sort of experience on their own. How powerful is that? Wow. Um, so with everything going on in this world, with, with the challenges that we're facing, with everything going on, you know, lack of compassion, um, you know, lack of empathy, me versus you, us versus them, the black versus the white, you know, these, you know, we're, we're being kind of put against each other. We're, 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 we're set, we're being divided. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like that. You're not going to solve anything like that way. We're all going to create more trauma and more wars. We need to come together. Um, what do you, what do you think are some ways that we can, you know, come together more instead of fighting each other all the time? Mm-hmm. How do we find that common ground? Right. Like, you know, you guys got the Republicans and the Democrats far left, far right, you know, and people that are pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine. It, and, then, and then, like you said, it's like the public shaming that the ridiculing has become normal. That kind of drives me crazy, too. It's like allow people to believe what they want to believe as, as long as it's not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. Let them discover that for themselves. But like to be publicly shaming people and that's like normal. There's like guilt and shame in there. It's just more poison to the fire. How can we get there? What are your what are your thoughts? Is it just part of the growing pains of this evolution that we're currently in? Yes. <laughs> There's so much there. No, it's a tough question. Um, I mean, I think the one place we can we can always go is is within ourselves and to see, you know, where do I feel rigid? Where do I feel like? stuck or not stuck but like it's only this way you know or there's right or there's wrong where do I experience judgment and not not as a means to like scold ourselves but just to sort of explore where's my line and then also like boundaries where is my line what am I not willing to do what what is that moment where like I'm quiet I'm quiet I'm quiet and what's the thing where we're just like no back off and that's okay too. I mean, I think, you know, I've learned that over the last couple of years that some things about myself, that I'm a rebel, that I'm a free thinker, that I um, believe in mother nature, that I believe in myself and my immune system. And then I have boundaries and, and it's okay to be clear with what you want and what you don't want. Um, you know, and then sometimes there are certain conversations you just avoid with people because maybe you're just not on the same page and <laughs> you're going to let things blow over before, um, you know, before you get into it. The timing of it's, things. It's all an inside job, you know? So like if, if I get frustrated with things on the outside, which there are times when I do, you know, then I just like breathe through it and think about all the awesome ways that life is and how, you know, how much ability I do have to make positive change and, um, you know, develop compassion for people that are suffering. Because I think, you know, ultimately, if, if you're out in public shaming other people for whatever choice, this way or that way, 
you're probably also struggling on the inside, you know, or feeling powerless. And the people who I see today who are the most like full of effervescent joy and expansion um, are feeling pretty powerful. And, you know, we're working through our sense of powerlessness into our sense of empowered, powerful nature. Um, yeah, I think we're all works in progress. We are. <laughs> we are. And we have to laugh, laugh along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, laugh at ourselves. Don't, think, don't take things so seriously. Um, life isn't meant to be so serious. Um, we are going to make those mistakes. Um, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, also, Greg, we want to save the world. I think a lot of healers, we want to save people. Mm-hmm. We want to be a savior. And I think in the last probably two to three weeks, that's been up for us as healers is like, where are those places where we wanted to hold up humanity, where we wanted to prevent people from suffering. We want to make sure everybody chooses the right choice, that they stay healthy, whatever that is that we believe. Right. And I feel like we really had to let go of being responsible for other people Mm -hmm. and allowing people to have free will, even if it leads to suffering. Yes allow people and just stay in our own lane. Yes. Those are very wise words, Katie. Just to allow. That's the, that's the gift of free will. And, you know, I, I, it reminds me of, of, of suffering, you know, when you're finally tired of suffering, you know, and, you know, there is always a way out. And this is what kind of concerns me in a way is that, you know, with everything going on in, with the world, there's going to be a heightened level of, you know, mental anguish and, and depression. Mm-hmm. So for anybody out there, you know, there, there is always a way out. There are people wanting to help you, to guide you to your truth and to your power. So, you know, never despair. You know, um, I've been there. I've been there myself. And I'm sure other people have been there. You're not alone. Um, you know, you're loved. You're appreciated, whether um, you know that or not. Um, it's, it's, uh, it goes deeper than what our minds can comprehend. And what I appreciate from, from Katie is uh, speaking about, you know, inspiration. Inspiration is the reason why I've created this podcast is, is to remind each other, you know, of how powerful we are. If I can do it, if I can heal all the things that I've had to go through and, and my, I was born allergic to this world. I've said that in my last podcast, I was literally born allergic. Like everything I ate, I, I, I had the worst brain fog you know, no physical energy, you know, and then, you know, that was like 20 years of my life. And then having a, a major illness uh, that took me seven years to heal, you know, and, and having to go through the mental issues with that and the fears and feeling alone. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've been there with you guys. If you are going through anything like that, um, these are, you know, in the end, you're going to see that when you conquer them, they're going to be your greatest gifts because they're going to give you a gift of empathy and strength that you never had of, would have had them before without that. And so there, you know, your soul won't manifest it unless you, unless you can't handle it. So know that it's all meant to be. And so that's why I, I believe I'm a big believer in inspiration. I, I'm, I just want to keep that, you know, a key word for me is being in, in like, I love to be inspired myself. Katie, you inspire me for your, your passion, your vulnerability, your truth, your courage, all these amazing things that you, carry with you in your essence. I can feel it. 
And I can already feel it in your product and what a, what a massive difference um, it's making and it's going to continue to make in the world that we more now than we need it more than now than now than ever um, in, in this time of, of sort of uh, distractions. We have mm-hmm. to find out, we have to heal ourselves from within. And then when you do that, you're it just a one step at a time after that, it becomes easy. I have one final question for you. And I think it's a pretty, pretty easy one. I hope. Um, where have, where has been your most favorite place that you've traveled, your most magical place that you've traveled to collect flowers, or if it's just a personal journey? Mm-hmm. Probably so many. Tough question. I thought it was easy. <laughs> I mean, personally, Asia is like my heart is there. Uh, mm-hmm. It feels so comfortable to me. It feels like home. And the first time I got to India, I just like bawled and cried and mm-hmm. felt like I had been gone forever and felt like I knew the place. And then everywhere I go in Asia, it just feels like home to me. But if you are speaking about like magic earth realm place, uh, probably Iceland, because you can hear the earth like bubbling and gurgling. You know, there's hot springs and boiling mud pots and waterfalls and boiling rivers and, um, you know, places where you can be so remote. There's, no one out there except for you and the sheep um, so it's like and it's safe and it's you know there's no predators um, there's no, not even any poisonous berries you know you can just mm-hmm. eat blueberries and survive it's amazing. Um, iceland is really beautiful that sounds magical yeah i want to put that on my list um are there any final things that you want to maybe say to the listeners out there of masters of the matrix that any notes of inspiration or anything at all i mean oddly the thing that comes to me is is uh pine trees if anyone listening is near pine trees um right now it's at least in our hemisphere it's uh spring and if you can like harvest like the fresh new pine needles and drink the tea you know pour boiling water over the needles there are so many beneficial qualities to the to the pine needles um, that, you know, are just incredibly good for the health right now. Um, So that comes to mind. And then if anyone is open to exploring flowers, we have a quiz on our website that's really fun where you just choose the flowers that you're most drawn to. And then it kind of gives you a report about what that means about you right now. That sounds amazing. And I have uh, pine trees outside, so guess what I'm going to be doing tonight? Um, okay, so I, I guess in closing, I honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you so much for your time and your energy and your your courage and your vulnerability and everything that you're doing to make a better place for this world and for those that are living in it. Truly a blessing for myself and, and for everybody listening and for those that are on the um, on the interest of, of discovering more of Katie and her product. Please visit. Um, lotusway.com that's l-o-t-u-s-w-e-i.com and also i would also highly recommend her book a flower evolution blooming into your full potential with the magic of flowers that's available on amazon highly rated and check out her podcast uh, flower launch podcast she's a very inspirational very amazing woman a lot to teach thank, thank you, you Katie. So i really appreciate you having me Truly. i love you. 
conversation. Thanks for everything you do.